Welcome back to the Not Just Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Justin Jeffrey, and today I have the legendary Theo Martina. We have known each other for like I would probably yeah, pretty much years. Yeah, I think back in like 2018, pretty much. We've got some very funny memories of PCA London 2018 together. <laughs> then, uh, Girl's always been in my life, which is fantastic. And today we're going to be talking about dating and relationships relating to being a competitor we've got very different perspectives just because of our own experiences but before we go into that give a quick introduction babe couple of minutes here are you competing history and then we'll go into it okay cool thank you for having me um I so I am a master's competitor now (laughs) I'm gonna be 39 this year believe it or not and I've been competing since 2014 so I did my first show was with UK BFF and I honestly just dieted into it I didn't have any muscle I just joined the gym three months before but I came second because UK BFF in that time loved a skinny girl but I really looked at you know other competitors and I just thought I want to look like that you know look like really well and trained and strong so I took um two years off no maybe three 14 15 16 no 2015 to 2016 off and just stayed in off season the whole time cried every day that I was fat (laughs) but when I cut down for my 2017 show which was uh PCA Birmingham I looked like a bikini competitor um so I won that show it qualified me for the British in the 2018 so I had nearly an entire year to have an off season but instead I went to parties and <laughs> and I ate and drank and I didn't really train uh, but in 2018 I had my biggest season I did three shows three PCA shows I did PCA London where I came first it was my first time in the masters category and then the British two weeks later which I won and then worlds two weeks after that which I came second to that Natalie Moncrieff <laughs> but yeah, I've just had, I took 20, 2019 off to focus on my career and just grow my legs and rehab some injuries that I've picked up. But of course, coronavirus had different ideas and I'm now taking two years off because I'm going to compete this year, hopefully. If not, I mean, I'm going to look, the longer I'm in off season, the better I will look on stage. Um, so yeah, but I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to get back on stage, if I'm honest. Was you planning on competing in 2020 then? Yeah, I was going to do Worlds. So um, I actually was uh, eight weeks into my prep when the first lockdown started. So I spent like four or six weeks in the first lockdown at maintenance. I was almost ready. Like I'd cut down so quickly. And um, when it just became apparent that it really wasn't looking like it was going to lift anytime soon, I just started eating (laughs) and it was amazing. I needed to put the weight back on. I had some kit at home that I invested in. So I was still able to train. And uh, yeah, that's what we've been doing ever since. Just eating and training and trying to grow my lower body in particular. Mm. Competing wise, before we get into the topic. Okay, so this year I'm qualified for the PCA Universe. So that's my main goal is I'd really, really like to win my pro card there for PCA. Um, And then other federations I'm interested in, I really want to try Fitex. The only problem is Fitex and PCA have their British finals on the same day. 
of course. <laughs> so um, I'm going to have to choose a Fed in that on that respect, and um, maybe a Two Bros, but more for the. I want to compete at the Amateur Olympia, so I need to do a regional if they keep that rule this year. But yeah, it's not that I really want to do Two Bros. I want to do the Amateur Olympia. Yeah, it's really close. It's two weeks after PCA University. It just makes sense. Yeah, be a good like way to end it. It's a massive show, especially with like yeah, and they've got they've got obviously all the amateur Olympia like categories. Three mm. guys to go in, and you've got a full pro show. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be amazing. I'd really love to be a part of it. So yeah, let's see. It also obviously depends on what I look like when I cut down. It's only when you cut down that you see which federations you'll actually suit. Because they all do have different required and preferred look. So, yeah, that's my kind of rough plan. Definitely the PCA universe. That's my my goal show. But otherwise, yeah, I'm just going to stay flexible and see what my coach thinks, Laura. And just, yeah. I mean, who knows if shows will even go ahead this year, sadly. like. But I'm just going to keep training towards it because I love this way of training. And I love the off-season shape, to be honest. Yeah. Sounds good. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for you to get back on stage. It's going to be good. So. I'm excited to uh, share a few stages with you, young lady. I know you're not going to tell us which ones you're planning or if you are. <laughs> like a, a lady of international mystery, you'll just be backstage and I'll just be like, oh, right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just will just creep in the side and be like, I, uh, but. yeah you'll be tanning us but you'll also have tan developing yeah. i'll just i'll yeah. just fucking size like i'll just be like tanning and then they'll call the numbers and i'll just like whip everything off and be like yeah <laughs> forget you know one of those suits where you can just literally rip it off it's got velcro down the sides i'm gonna get you one for your birthday when's your birthday <laughs> november the fifth but it's fine I, i'd appreciate any a belated birthday present from last year it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go into the like basically I just put something on the story that just said I'm talking mm. one about relationships any questions or like random things you want to like experiences put them yeah in. and I've kept them a secret from Martina and we're yes. going to find, <laughs> find out together so first one I lose my sex drive so bad. I don't even want to look at it. Lol, hashtag, none life with a lot of emojis looking like a certain thing. So let's talk about sex drive, right? Mm. What happened? Now. Yeah, I'll let you start this. Now, my coach, when I was checking in, like, close to my show, was like, why are you so bruised on your legs? And um, you bruise like a peach when you're lean, don't you? And mine was from my bedroom activities <laughs> because Can't. in my 2018 prep, <laughs> I had a 24-year-old boyfriend who's absolutely gorgeous and there was no way I couldn't be attracted to him. But I do think it's something to do with my age because, you know, they say your sexual prime is in your mid to late 30s and it's because you get a flood of hormones. I think your body's trying to tell you, hurry up and have a baby. It's getting a bit <laughs> getting a bit close to comfort now. Yeah. So you do, you are just have a heightened sex drive anyway. Don't get me wrong. You're tired. You're bony. <laughs> you know, you're, you're hungry. 
But I think because I'm older is probably why I still have my sex drive because a lot of my friends that are younger that compete completely lose it. I do think it's a hormonal thing, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, I don't lose mine. But then, you know, let's see what happens this year. (laughs) Every prep is different, you know? Yeah, 100%. Like, I would say for me, I do tend to lose it. I Mm. think my focus, I think it's because my focus is on my prep. Like, yeah, priority wise, kind of like dwindles. I will say as well, and it's the. I'm a bit aware that Joe's in the other room. Hi, babe. (laughs) Yeah, I would say as well, like, say, for example, I was deep into prep and I just met Joe for the first time, you know, the honeymoon stage, my sex drive is going to be a little bit higher. Yeah. Say, like, you know, me and Joe have been together for a while now. Like, I wouldn't say we have as much sex as we used to when we first got together naturally. Like, yeah. Rabbits, don't you, a little bit. Um, Yeah. So, it's I think it's a difficult one for me it, it is more of a tired perspective like yeah like I haven't got the energy sometimes at the end of the day when I am prepping then I, can't. I think that is very true what you said about the honeymoon period because this prep I started last year I literally started dating Mike two weeks in and you know that's what all you want to do <laughs> someone new yeah. but I hated my body yeah. so I didn't feel sexy because I I got so lean so quickly and that affected how I felt about sex, you know, because I didn't feel sexy because although everyone thinks that that's when we feel our best, when we are lean and have abs, for me, that's not when I feel very good because I lose my entire face, don't I? I look like a, a skull from like two weeks into the diet and it really does affect how I feel about myself physically. So what advice would you give to people if they are like, I don't know, if they are struggling with loss of sex drive, like, would you be, would you think that's like an alarming thing? Because I remember one woman um, on the podcast, she messaged me because she was worried that she was kind of like, her relationship was, something was wrong with the relationship because her sex drive had gone down. And I was like, yeah, Yeah. it's very difficult sometimes, I think, to kind of break, like separate the two. Is it yeah. because you ha- you're not attracted to your partner anymore or is it because the prep, your focus and your tired and your loss of sex drive is because of the prep, not because of the relationship? Um, I think sometimes that can be quite a hard thing for people to kind of navigate. Differentiate, yeah. I mean, obviously everyone's situation is different, but I think communication in your relationship is so key anyway. And your partner is probably starting to be in their feelings about not feeling desired or you're you're not wanting to have sex with them and I think it's really important to just sit them down and tell them how you feel um, and just say look I'm exhausted <laughs> it's not you it's this process please be patient you know it has such a limited time doesn't it prep and then the little time afterwards where you're still trying to get back to feeling normal again but what I found really useful is just have all my friends and finding out their experiences and you know the other girls in your team are usually really open to talking about stuff like this because we all do suffer from this don't we yeah. um you'll always have made good friends in competing because that's the reason we compete isn't it that other women are amazing yeah. um so yeah just think don't keep it bottled up and think there's something wrong with you talk to the people around you get some advice from them who and they know your particular um relationship as well you know because sometimes 
it is just going to be that you don't want to be with that person <laughs> depending on the relationship right I've been there where uh, well, you know, even in my 2018 prep really we'd come to the end of our relationship but the physical side was still good and that's probably why we stayed together to be honest but he did moan like for the last two weeks I had to put a little ban on because of the bruises mm. oh my god he was going on like he hadn't had it for a year he was sex deprived apparently and I was just like okay mate hey <laughs> you've got to wait one and a half weeks longer <laughs> um, but that was again that was a communication breakdown between the two of us so I think you just got to be able to sit down and just chat to your partner and let them tell them you how they feel as well because they might not even have a problem with it because they understand you know I know for you in particular Joe's gonna get it because he works in this industry you know and he preps people and he understands because you do talk to your coach about that stuff as well don't you they become your absolute closest ally yeah what would you say to people like talking about joe he's in my in the industry he gets it what about if their partner isn't in the industry like how do you like, I don't really know the answer to this. Really, honestly, but like, how yeah. do you, if you are in a relationship with someone outside the industry, how do you communicate this stuff to them mm. so that they can actually understand it? Especially when it comes to this loss of sex drive, because Joe, when I when that period comes to me, I, I'm blessed in the sense that I don't have many issues because Joe's like, yeah, like you know, I, I do feel it, but I understand and it's cool, and that's kind of the end of my the conversation. Whereas for other people that's going to be a lot more of a difficult conversation to have. So like, what would you say, like, I don't know, what have you found sometimes when you're trying to communicate that to someone who isn't really, doesn't speak the competing language, if that makes sense? I think, yes, the problem is everyone thinks competing is really glamorous, don't they? And that it's a bit like, it's all just the fun sequin bikini, but they don't see behind. And I've also, a lot of my friends that don't compete expect me to hook up with some gorgeous bodybuilder backstage and then, you know, ride off into the sunset together. And I'm like, have you got any idea how unsexy it is backstage? <laughs> no one's got any sex drive. We're all there to win. I just think, again, it's just gonna be sitting down and talking it out. And that's when it's really key to get the advice of the girls around you or boys, you know, we've got male friends too, and find out specifically with your person, you know, what is it that they are worried about? If it is for, because I know a lot of men will be intimidated that bikini competitors are around these big bodybuilders, you know, that they're, especially it's such a masculine thing, isn't it? To be a male bodybuilder competitor. Mm -hmm. And actually, personally, myself, I don't find that look attractive anyway. You know, I wouldn't date a bodybuilder, touch wood. <laughs> you never know. It's not generalized, but I would prefer not to because I prefer a different body shape, mm. you know, or a different. And also for me, I, I really don't want to be with another competitor. I just, that's all we talk about. Yeah. And I, I really value talking about the world <laughs> itself and everything outside of competing. Mm. When I went on my first date with my boyfriend, we didn't even talk about the gym for half an hour, the first half an hour, but that's what we had in common. Mm. And that to me was such a like great, like I just thought yeah we, we've got something better here than just so uh how much you've had left <laughs> yeah well she, I went on a date once and the guy just wanted to talk about my diet the whole time oh my god it was so boring because you take for granted we know how to manipulate our bodies but 
normal and in inverted commas, <laughs> commas they don't so they want all your secret knowledge and it's literally just energy and energy out i can't say it any simpler <laughs> mm. i think i would say as well try and do some like prep before you prep you need to prep your partner like yeah just throw this shit at them i don't think right mm. like with my com- competing plans I ain't telling Joe the day before. Oh yeah, by the way, I'm prepping. Like if we, if yeah. we know, I like he didn't have any knowledge of the industry. I wouldn't just rock up and be like, "Hey, babe, just let you know, you know, I managed to get that milk, and I've just signed up for a 16 week prep." Okay, cool. Like you've got to prep them, I think, and yeah. get involved in it. Because I think the more you get them involved, the easier the process is. Even yeah. if if you're going, I'm not saying you know, bring your no to like you know your next posing lesson I'm just saying take them to a show or yeah stuff because these little things especially I find with like men but this is hilarious because I know Joe's listening in the room I do think <laughs> it's kind of like it's planting the seed it's like yes like sometimes I have to say like little reminders or like repeat the same thing but it's just it's that repetition of yeah telling them it's, I think it's telling them in different ways as well and like methods of communication like me and Joe I speak about this quite a lot the way I communicate something and the way that Joe communicates something is very very different like mm. a very task oriented person so if I need to get something out of Joe I'm like right Joe this needs doing boom whereas if you talk to me like that I'm like whoa why are you talking to me like that so it's always kind of yeah. like the method of your communication there is going to be a, a certain way to get the message through to your partner, you've just got to test and test and trial it. Like yeah. I can't be. I think video. I've got to be direct, or it just doesn't. Yeah, work. I did read an article <clears throat> that said that men don't really do well with the big chats when you sit opposite them, and you should try and do it walking. So whenever I had an issue in that 2018 prep, because there were still a lot of issues, because it is so alienating we'd he'd come for a walk and do my cardio with me and we'd talk then and it was actually such a bonding experience and sometimes I'd literally be rising like a zombie at 6am like god I've got to do an hour's walk now but he'd come with me and do my last you know I actually so for my cardio that year I could only walk because of my joints so I'd walk in the morning and I'd walk before bed and he'd come and do both of them the days that I saw him and then even just training together or training at the same time Mm. because then you haven't you know taken away those two hours or however long from your relationship you've shared those two hours I think that's obviously it takes we spend a lot of time a day trying to get ready for this show trying to include them in that as much as possible they'll get in better shape as well so they probably won't feel as intimidated by the other competitors Mm -hmm. Definitely. The next thing I have here always seems to attract the wrong type of guys. Is there any good ones anymore? Help. Right. I'll, I'll give a bit of an insight into my like relationship experience. Up until maybe 21, 2021, I was known as like the single girl. I never, hmm. I was always like the single one you know, partying, doing whatever. I was always a third wheeler and all my friends very much, like they so wanted the relationship. They wanted the house, the kids, the marriage. They wanted that life. Whereas I was just like, well, 
I'm, I don't seem to be having the best luck. I'm just going to crack on and see what happens and just mm. you know, my time is going to be whatever it's going to be. And I'm not saying this is true for everyone, but it's quite ironic in my circle anyway, because when we, when we were like 20, 21, we all sat down at a club and be like, oh, let's place our bets of who's going to be like the first to do this and the last to do that. I was right down at the bottom of being the last person to have anything, like any relationship, kids, marriage, nothing. What happened? I was the first one to move in with my partner. I was the first one to get married. I was the first one to get a house with my partner. Of course. <laughs> it is one of those things, like, I always thought, oh, I'm, I'm never going to find anyone. Oh, I'm always going to be the single one. When actually it's not, like, yeah. I always had this, like, idea, oh, I'm never going to find anyone in Northampton. There's no one good in Northampton. So I was mm-hmm. in Manchester. I went to Nottingham. I lived in Malaysia. And I was always like, I don't know, it's going to find the one, like, mm. out there in the world. And then what happened? I found mine at my gym. Didn't realise, like, especially one of my schools, I was around the corner from Joe. Had no idea. We probably crossed yeah. paths. We had 80 mutual friends when we added each other on Facebook for the first time. So it is, it, I know how frustrating it can feel, but you won't always, like, you will find, and I know it sounds really cliche, but I, I, I had that mentality of I'm never going to find anyone they're never going to be in Northampton and then I got proved totally wrong so yeah it's just the fact that you've just not found them which sounds really really yeah but you learn a a good lesson from each relationship right you learn your boundaries I think and every relationship that goes wrong is disappointing but you do learn more about yourself in it I think and like what you're willing to tolerate or what you how you want to be treated or I mean I'm not joking. I, I was married in my late early 20s and I thought I'd just find another guy just like him, you know, when we split up at 27. And I never have had anything quite the same. But that's not to say I haven't had amazing relationships since. And the guys were great, but they just weren't my forever person. Mm-hmm. And now I'm so much more relaxed. Like in up until my mid 30s everything was like have to tick these boxes by this time and when I started to compete especially I started to do things out of the ordinary that a normal person who's ticking those boxes couldn't imagine you know like I really am aiming to be the best in the world in my category and that's not something that you know my neighbor would ever even contemplate being possible to be the best in the world at something so it's like your gauge of success is different. So while I'm focusing on this, actually my love life's gone better than ever. Even we've had bloody trials and tribulations, my God. But sometimes men are just dumb. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like They're selfish. They don't, they just walk around with blinkers on, right? They, they do live in a different universe and you just have to <laughs> find the person your favorite idiot basically the one that you're willing to tolerate the most from nothing's ever going to be perfect but you just got to make sure that those key things that are the most important to you don't compromise on yeah you just and yeah I mean as I said my current relationship it was it wasn't that great at times but from time and learning and and a break it's become so much better But is it what I thought on paper I would want at this age? Definitely not. (laughs) But it's good. And I think the the thing that these lockdowns have taught me is sometimes you only have today and you need to stop worrying too much about the future and you just need to do something that feels good today 
as long as it's not something damaging, right? We've all had that one ex that you know you should not be with. <laughs> um, but I mean, I've had some amazing exes up until I started competing. When I started competing, I think I started to go for a different type of guy, which was a gym guy. You know, someone that understood what I was doing. The guys before would never have understood how long we spend training. And they think it's for what you look like as well. They don't understand that actually there's so much more around the whole process. Mm-hmm. And that's the just the end product, what you look like. Yeah. Um, but there are good guys. They're few and far between. But then there's we're all just a bit jaded, aren't we? <laughs> but I find as I get older... There are just people that feel like me. They're sick of the bullshit and they they just want to be happy and happy looks different to everyone. But just do you. And what is... Also, you don't need a partner to be happy. It's just the icing on the cake, right? I'm so fulfilled and that's probably why my relationship's going so well. I'm so fulfilled in all the other areas of my life that that's just a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think when I was... When I was single one, I'd always look at my friends and be like, oh, wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. But then yeah. all those relationships that I was looking at, they were miserable. Yeah. Like, weren't happy in that relationship. And then it remained. Yeah. Well, would I rather be single for the time being, which isn't going to be forever? Would I rather be single mm. knowing that I'm happy within myself? Or in a relationship yeah. that's kind of like you're just getting into a relationship just for the sake of getting a relationship. Because I've done that before. I've been like, oh yeah, I'll get in a relationship. Like, oh, yeah. Of course. And then it's just like, well, that was just wasted. Like, we're not wasting something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, I only truly came okay with being on my own in my mid-30s. Like maybe 35 onwards. I was just like, how am I going to fit someone into my life now? It's hard. Because everything else is going so well and I'm so busy. I think it puts less pressure on your relationship when you have something like a career or a big group of friends or a a hobby that you love. And I've got all of those things, you know, so I think it just puts less pressure on the guy to be perfect. Because my idea of perfect is certainly not something that he's going to ever be able to live up to. I would say as well, I guess there's pros and cons of everything, isn't there? But for me, I would say like my day it's not like a bad thing at all because yeah I chose this life and shit but like I would yeah compare it to like one of my single friends for example they like they have they can dictate their complete schedule by themselves oh yeah for me I it naturally doesn't work like that like with competing yeah to literally juggle constantly because I have to make sure I'm flowing in between Joe and in between the dogs and the house and the collective things like there's always yeah things to be flowing so I guess there's pros and cons on on every single side um for sure if you would have told me I think that you're if you're happy as well with whatever it is you're doing with someone then just go for it so the person that I spend a lot of time with she wants her boyfriend to text her all the time and she'll get upset if he doesn't text for a few hours I don't want to be text all the time I'm busy we have like a quality over quantity rule in my relationship. So we don't speak that much on text. Um, It's just a waste of time. But when we're together, I was saying in a year, we've never ever watched TV together because we've always got so much to talk about when we see each other. 
and it's just better and but that wouldn't work for everyone I'm just really independent and I've got a lot going on and I've and it is a lot of it's competing you know like I do train for two hours a day on the days I'm training plus getting there plus meal prep plus even just hanging out with people when we were allowed to (laughs) after the gym you know I always build in some extra time for socializing if you go to a gym where there's a lot of competitors you'll always have that chin wag so yeah there's not just that much pressure for me to have a man or perfect man but of course it's nice to but they are out there we just have to be patient and the old saying that's cheesy as it is but it is true it's once you stop looking mm-hmm. that they just bloody pop up they true mine walked out of a cable machine and i was like what the hell it was hilarious <laughs> you were like whoa <laughs> yeah. so funny. I still remember look the first time I saw Joe. I was like, oh my God, he's older than me. I'm finally gonna date an older guy. What happened? Two months younger. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> me, I don't ever want to date an older guy. <laughs> it's funny, you'll notice most masters competitors have toy boys. Mm. I think it's because we've got so much energy, we're not old even though we are a bit older. We're not yet. I'm not your usual. I'm nearly 40. It's not even funny. All my best friends are turning 40 this year. And this is not what I thought my life was going to look like at 40, you know. But I love it. I'm having the time of my life. That's the main thing. That is literally the main thing. So next question. Any advice to have a date when you are a competitor so hard? So I think let's break this up between... You're, you're going on a date with someone that you don't like, you know, first time, first, second, third date, that initial introduction, and then when to, how to go on a date if you are in a relationship and you still kind of mm. have that sort of stuff. So let's go into going on a date the first time. What have you done, Martina? How, how would you go about that? So the question must be about being in prep, right? Or is it off season as well? I would expect. Okay, so when I'm in my off season, I actually do drink alcohol and I eat whatever I want. So... I don't, I'm not had any limitations. I think the hardest thing with dating is obviously when you are on a plan and you don't feel like you can come off plan or um, some people just don't want, they don't drink alcohol, you know, and they do stick to whole food. And I think it really does depend on that situation where a lot of people are not going to understand why you're doing it in off season, number one because they don't understand your goal. I think it's like really important to explain what it means to you and why. But that's a great date topic. Um, But for myself, like when I first, well, when Mike and I started dating, I was on prep. So I do macro count. So what I would do is on a Friday, we saw each other every Friday, I would try and eat less during the day to save my calories for the nighttime. And then I would cook so that I had control over what's on my plate and I just make him a bigger, tastier version, you know, um, give him more sauce or peanut butter or God knows what else it is that I put on his food or we'd eat at Nando's <laughs> um, because it's so easy to eat at Nando's and prep, uh, especially at the start of the prep. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to a place that is like an art exhibition, but it's a cafe. So you can find those quirky places where you don't necessarily have to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. He could, he had a couple of beers, but I just had Diet Coke. I really don't need alcohol to be outrageous. So <laughs> I was fine. But I do think it's, again, it's communication. You've got to explain your lifestyle to the person and just 
you'll get a very quick feeling as to whether they're going to respect it or not. If they're the kind of people saying, I'll just have a drink, it won't hurt, or just eat that, it's not hurt, they're probably not the right person for you at that stage. Mm. Because but I think, honestly, it for me, explaining what it means to me, competing, you know, what my next goal is, has really helped people to understand why I'm being more disciplined. Um, but there's lots of things you can do. I mean, obviously, at the moment, you can only go for a walk anyway. So walking is really great. I, I did a hiking date once. I already knew him. So I knew that like five hours walking wasn't going to be terrible. Because <laughs> you don't want to go on a hike that's five hours long with someone that it's not going to work out like chat wise. Yeah. But I always really like quite fun dates. Like, I'm really lucky in London. We've got like we went to a video arcade and you put a hat on and the hat is the controller. So you have to move around the rooms and it's like Pac-Man. Um, or we've got like a flight club, which is darts. We've got driving ranges and golf course places and board game cafes. So I think that most places around the country are starting to cotton on with these like, little trendy fun things. So, so much you can do that don't involve alcohol and food. Would you tell, mm-hmm. them, straight away, would you tell them straight away that you compete or not? So I've always had this issue. I never, because I usually tend to use dating apps to meet people because I'm lazy. And <laughs> I want to catfish them from my bed with nice pictures on my phone while I'm literally covered in cat hair in my pajamas. <laughs> um, but I, I never used to put anything competitive on there I put my personal Instagram on there I don't put my competing one most men are so lazy they won't even look in your bio to see there's another one um but I kept on attracting so I like really intellectual men so sometimes they don't actually train that much and I kept attracting men that they don't train and they weren't really oh comfortable with my body being more muscular like some a guy last year told me I was too solid for him to enjoy sex which was lovely um (laughs) that really that messed my head up for months because I just thought am I masculine now am I not feminine am I not attractive then I just realized I was just went out with the wrong person that didn't like that you know I've been out with other guys that absolutely adore that I'm a gym chick um but now I do put one I put one of my stage pictures on where's the three of us, the top three, and most of my body's hidden. Yeah. So you can't really see too much, but you can see I've competed in a physique competition. And anybody that just wants to talk about that, I'm bored straight away anyway, because I need more. I don't, it's a hobby and I, I love to talk about it with people that get it. But when people that don't compete ask me, I'm like, how do you even describe this? How do you, honestly, like, I'm a bikini competitor, sounds too risque. I'm a bodybuilder, sounds like you're absolutely wham. (laughs) And it's just, yeah, I think because it's not really normal in society yet. I mean, don't get me wrong, so many people are competing now, but still so niche Mm. that it can be really hard. Depends on the kind of person you want, right? Some people do just want someone that they can train with and that is also got that very active lifestyle and they're not as necessarily bothered about talking about the kind of stuff that I like to talk about, which generally is not a gym guy's kind of repertoire. But sometimes you get those unicorns that can do both. It's amazing, you know? But 
I think there's lots to do for dating. It can be difficult to date. I, I really do feel that. For me, especially, the thing I, I hate the most is where I look. So as I said, like my, I get really uncomfortable with what happens to my face. I really hate it. I end up spending like a thousand pounds on fillers sometimes and it doesn't make a fucking difference because <laughs> you just diet it all off anyway because your metabolism, I'll tell you something so bad. The day, three days before the first lockdown, I got my lips, I got loads done in my cheeks because my face was so flat. I got Botox and then three days later we went into full lockdown and I just sat in my house for three months with my thousand pound face. <laughs> just getting flatter and flatter. I if I just waited a few more days, I could have just eaten and my face would have come back. <laughs> but I do I get so uncomfortable with the way I look, but actually it does affect my relationships. I did accuse Mike bless him of not fancying me because I'm so lean last year and he was literally like this is all in your head yeah. and I was just like no because I felt so crap about how I looked I was projecting it onto him yeah. and that was really unfair and I'm really trying not to do that next time yeah I think we it's I think it I, I I'm subject to that as well I project stuff yeah like, why the fuck have I just done that like why why am yeah. I doing that and I think it is, especially when you are a competitor and you are on a, like you're dating or in a relationship, you have I feel like you have to be really self-aware and self and yeah, very obsessive, like you're you know, being negative, like you are hating yourself, but I think you have to be really careful. Um yeah. I've noticed this as well with my prep and my like mood swings and stuff. I like snap. Mm. Why have I just done that? Like that was yeah. a joke, but he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's when I had to really check myself and go, yeah, <laughs> let's not do that. I really like set myself some rules at the start of my prep this year that I wasn't going to talk negatively to myself. Cause I think the power of the mind is so like, it is so powerful. And I think the way you talk to yourself and the way you think about yourself could just eke into your core. Yeah. And that I was going to like keep my standards up with my house. It looked like a crack den after one of my shows. A week later, I just walked through and there were just protein bar wrappers all over the fucking house, all on the floor. And I was thinking, I don't even eat protein bars. I was in prep. Where have these come from? <laughs> so this year I was like, no, it's got to be clean. I mean, it's so hard trying to maintain every part of your life while you've taken on this huge project as well. Mm. But I, I just said to myself, this is my hobby. And so it has to fit into my lifestyle. Mm. It's not got, it can't be the other way around. It can't be like everything else has to fit around competing. Cause I think that that's when you really got your priorities a bit skewed. That's when you end up losing your job or your relationship, you know, or, whatever it is that's important to you but that mood thing I also promised myself that I would not let my personal choices affect anyone else so I just said to everyone if I'm quiet just leave me be because yeah. I'm quite a loud person I'm quite like bubbly but if I'm quiet it means you are breathing too loud <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you can relate you. right <laughs> we've all been there like the guy at work that drums his fingers on the desk and I'm thinking I'm gonna smash his face in <laughs> but instead I'm just quiet just smile away boys just smile yeah take myself off for a little walk to get some steps in 
And then sometimes I honestly at lunchtime just go sleep in the park. I always prep in the summer um, because I'm so ratty and so tired and so hungry. And that little power nap sorts me out for the rest of the day. (laughs) All the time. So I would say as well then, like, for me, if I am dating, like going on a date with like Joe when I am on prep, same thing with like the youth really, I would just choose certain things that I Mm. want. So coffee is always an easy one. Steps are always mm. an easy one. Nando's is always an easy one. Um, and I think it actually forces you to get a bit more creative as well. Yeah. Like, I think, my, I think yeah, I remember one time, I said to Joe, be free at 6.30. He's like, why? I was like, just be free at 6.30. He's like, okay. I we just went bowling. Just, mm. And I think, if I just think, oh, I wouldn't have gone there. Yeah. I wouldn't have been on prep and thought, oh, what can I do which is a little bit fun? Um, yeah. All that sort of stuff. So... Yeah, you I definitely think- try new things, don't you? I went to a virtual reality arcade on one date, and you literally go into this blacked out little kind of egg dome thing, and they put the hands on you, and you just look at this screen, you know, and you play the game. And I was like, I would never have tried that if I didn't have to get creative. And then you build some really cool memories together as well, because they're a little bit out of the norm but also when things get really difficult and you're exhausted for any partner that has a competitor just clean the house for them and then make them a little fort and watch a netflix film or you know like you can do some really cute things at home i made you a playlist because you you know to listen to in the gym because you listen to the same music every day someone did that for me and i was just like that's amazing um all the little things yeah i'm personal if you do my washing up I will marry you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, someone put something else. Crying in five guys, five weeks out when the boyfriend got a refeed and I didn't. Hashtag supportive girlfriend. This is hard though, man. When you watch your partner eat a crap load of food, you're sitting there going, you you bloody what? Like, what's going on? Like I feel like it's like a double-edged sword. Like you can't push your food choices onto anyone else, right? So why should they not eat because you're not eating? But on the flip side, they could be a bit more tactful, especially so close to a show where you are running on fumes. My ex from that 2018 season, it was the first time. So my show before, my, my ex was so sweet. He used to hide the bread in the TV cabinet. I had no idea because I'd eat it you know and he really went out of his way to accommodate me and to help me and then in this last one I really took Phoebe and Max as an example so obviously Max is always eating all kinds of creations that Phoebe's made and it helped me to think like do you know what if I want to stay in this sport long term and if I really want it to be sustainable I need to be okay around food you know because that is a different kind of food disorder in itself Um, And I have to be strong enough and have enough discipline to say my goal is bigger. And so, yeah, that ex, he'd like eat pizza at my house and, oh God, he'd eat everything. I've done the five guys thing. And looking back, I do think, did you have to do that at mine? We didn't live together. It's different if you live together, isn't it? It's his house too. But I shouldn't feel like that because, again, it's just not fair. But if you're signing up to be with a competitor, you also have to compromise. Everything's compromise, isn't it? Yeah. But I would say it gets easier every prep to not eat the food, for sure. Like, I think because my goal gets bigger, as I get more successful and my goals, you know, 
to do I was hoping to be world champion this year but um, it might be universe champion (laughs) I don't know what that is but but it's not from my first regional you know my first regional I could not be around food whereas now I'm thinking you know you need to have champion mentality you I actually think that you develop it anyway Mm. I, I love food I'm an absolute pig but when the hammer drops I've just I've got this goal and it's all consuming yeah I would say as well when you're having to watch your partner eat a lot of food I have to do this all the time with Joe. when I am when I am on prep I do become a bit of a feeder like I'll actually cook the food yeah because he do you love to sniff the food like you can oh. taste it if you smell it yeah <laughs> Such a sniffer, such a sniffer. My friend licks her husband's bacon and then puts it back on his plate. What? He doesn't even know. <laughs> to be fair, I, that sounds like a prep thing. Like, I think I ended up eating yeah. salsa. Like, that's the only thing I remember from my last 2018 prep was I ate loads of salsa, which was meant to be Joe's. Like, I don't know why. But I know with Joe, like, I, he eats like the same foods again and again and again and yeah because of like when I am like dieting I do get a bit more creative I'm like oh Joe like you know mm. you could make this you could make that and it's nice to see him like enjoy that food sometimes yeah um, and as well if they are either I don't know if anyone else has this when you're both eating at the same time and obviously you're going to finish your food a lot quicker than he is I just mm. really make sure I'm taking my bloody time eating because there's nothing yeah. worse than when you finish your food, you've just got to sit there watching. I'm like, oh, yeah. what have I done? I, so, I just think time. it's like self-love not to put yourself in positions that are going to ruin you. And so if you're not at that place mentally where you can sit in Five Guys and watch your partner have a refeed, go for a walk. They can eat on their own. You can go and do your steps around the block until they're finished, you know, like... You just got to, I know it's not ideal, but you've got to do what you've got to do to make it work. And I just think that is like a self-love thing. Mm. I have, if that first prep, if I had sat in Five Guys, I probably would have lost my mind because I would have actually just gone on a cheeseburger crusade because I wouldn't have had enough control. <laughs> Whereas now, I just don't put myself in that position. And the people that I do see when I'm in prep, like from my long-term friends that don't compete, they're the ones that get it. And they may not get what I do, but they get that I need to be controlled and I need to be disciplined. And I would always, I mean, I bring Tupperware everywhere and I'll just say to them, yeah, they're just a bit more, they're really tactful, bless them. They never make anything that smells too good. (laughs) (laughs) The last thing I was going to say as well is we look at blokes, right, eating all this food and we go, oh, I'd love to do that. And Joe always says to me, he looks at me and goes, Jazz, you really wouldn't want to eat this much. It's all well and good yeah. that first day when you're eating that much. He goes, but having to do this day in, day out. And you remember he showed me one of his plates. He goes, could you realistically eat this and then eat it another four times? And I looked at it and I went, yeah. you know what? No. No. Yeah. I, I, you'd have to if, you, if that was what you needed to do. But I think it's that perspective as well, which is really, really important. Like in the moment, yeah. yes, you like, you're, you may, might look at your partner and go, oh, I could eat this. But in the optimistic yeah. mindset, no. Like, you probably wouldn't be able to eat that without feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it's just your yeah. mind. I think it's that perspective. It's definitely helped me as well. And I try and plan 
my meals are a little bit more like Joe's now because it just means it's a bit more in sync, which is quite nice. We yes. So yeah, I say that because it is really nice to sit and eat with someone, isn't it, and have a chat and catch up. But I just find, especially when you get lower calories, you have to eat so clean that actually there can be a lot of volume there if you're clever about it. Mm. I don't eat salad leaves at any other time of the year, <laughs> apart from in a competition prep. Because I just don't enjoy them. Mm. But I bulk out even my breakfast with salads when I'm prepping mm. because it's so low calorie. If in doubt, just shit those salad. If, if in doubt eat a cucumber yes. I can't do that you know I tried it once I was on my I was doing my steps and I just bit into it and I was like how do they do this and it went straight in the bin I was like I'm not that hungry <laughs> but then I'm really lucky I think mate I don't know about your calories but because I'm quite tall my calories don't get so low that you know I think the lowest I've ever been on is 1200 and that's because in masters we get super lean it's leaner, much leaner than I've ever had to get in the other two shows where I was toned bikini. Mm. Um, I, the lowest I went, I didn't actually realise because on a meal plan at that point, but I think it was like maybe two weeks I was like at a thousand calories. But yeah. looking back, I was like, didn't actually need to get that lean anyway. Like PCA London yeah. didn't need to get that yeah. lean. Um, so yeah, I probably could go down spot. I'd say that. And then this year I might just end up at 500. But no. Um, yeah, I know. So, I think I'll be roughly the same, to be honest with you. So yeah, well, who knows though? God, it's been so long. You just don't know, right? It's been so this long. year. The last diet, I just leaned up like crazy, and we don't even know to the point where my coach was like, "Are you taking a fat burner?" And I was like, "No," but I wasn't cheating on my diet. I would never cheat in the first eight weeks. It's that middle bit. The middle bit is a free for all for me. We have to take a diet break in the middle of my prep just to get me back into <laughs> the right mind mm. I hate feeling empty and um yeah my my prep was just so quick this year so fingers crossed that happens again but I actually just did a mini cut in the four-week lockdown and I hardly lost any weight so mm. it just goes to show you just don't know what's going to happen that's the same coach you know we use the same protocols the same kind of calories yeah god please let it be easy next time <laughs> <laughs> i've had a hard enough year i've been locked away for most of it exactly. positive advice man positive advice i'm looking forward to prepping again in summer i do like yeah I do like prepping in summer yeah i feel like there'll be quite a few of us as well because so many people were forced to take last year off anyway they'll be really fun that we'll all get to share it and then if we really do have any dating disasters because of prep, <laughs> we'll all be there for each other. Yeah. I love, you know, the little rants that you send your mate a voice note, like, you'll never guess what. <laughs> Listen to this. And they're just lit waiting with a smile on their face, like, oh, what's happened? <laughs> so, I guess body image perspective. Mm. When you are gaining weight again. Yeah. Talk to us about that. I'll talk about my experiences, but I want to hear about yours. Yeah. You'll talk about the post-show phase, how some people can struggle with the weight gain. I don't know if you've ever struggled with it yourself or like in relation to, in, in relation to your relationships. But I remember my last time when I got to like a bit of higher body fat, I felt very, very self-conscious around Joe, And mm. I can still remember consciously not getting undressed in front of him didn't want mm. to 
that was when things were really bad but yeah I had to be open I had to like you know he actually said actually you know I don't I find you really attractive like this and it was like oh mm. be open about it but I you know people feel like that so what have you been your experiences and what sort of like tips or words of wisdom could you get give to other competitors going through that so in my first prep I went to Bali six weeks after my show and I felt so fat let's invert the, that word in commas that I didn't take a single bikini picture in Bali and when I look back at the pictures that I had I was tiny I must have still been in the 50 like kilos range I must have probably been about 58 kilos mm. I competed at 55 I had no muscle right and I'm five foot eight so oh, no, maybe five foot nine and I just feel sorry for that girl when I look back and I just think what a waste of experience that was this year is the first year okay so now actually I've done two bulks so this is my second bulk but my first one for that two years after my first show I got so big and I used to cry in the street after I'd been for dinner and my ex at the time was my coach and he's in fitness and he was just like obsessed with my body that I was growing this muscle for the first time ever. He was just like, wow, it feels amazing. And I was like, but it's covered in fat. And I hated when I first got dealt. So I felt really butch because I wasn't lean. I was growing. And I really, my body image for 35 years was this skinny tall girl. And all of a sudden I was becoming quite athletic, but with the body fat on top. And I hated it. But when I dieted down, I was just like, yeah, this is what I want to look like. Yeah. But obviously that doesn't stay. And, and if you want to progress in this sport, you just have to bulk. You have to put the weight on. And as many people say you don't need to get that big to grow, some people do. So my own genetics is I lean up in a flash, but I really struggle to build muscle. And so I have to really train so hard. I need to eat for the recovery. It's not really so much eat to grow, which it is what you're doing, but it's to just replenish myself energy wise because I'm so tired after training and so sore. Uh, this year, so I I was very lean in lockdown one, and then I I still kind of hold body composition really well in off season. But I realized it's because I just hadn't pushed my food hard and high enough. I hadn't pushed my training hard enough. And I started training with Lily Anderson. She's a wellness competitor. And my world changed. Like I've never, I felt like my CNS was done after that first week. I just had COVID and I didn't know if it was long COVID or the training. So I just ate and I ate and I ate to try and replenish my energy stores. And I have put on more body fat then I I've never been above 68 kilos and at 68 I felt like I looked fat and I'm 72 kilos now yeah. and it's just my stomach and my face looks a bit like the lower face gets a bit fat but I met Mike when I was prepping and he liked my body but I projected all those body images onto him then we split up for the summer and when we got back together I was off season and he loved it like the reaction to my fat all I could see in bed was like stretch marks and cellulite but he was like having the time of his life and um the fatter I get the bigger my bum gets the bigger my legs get and every single week he's just like I can't believe how good you look like you're growing your glutes are growing so much and all I can see is my fat stomach and my fat face yeah. and I was really awkward and self-conscious around him and I did try to hide my stomach I'd like wouldn't stand up fully naked you know I'd try and be I was so stupid 
And having someone that really makes you well, thinks you are sexy, it's not that he's just saying it, he thinks I am, has really helped me to feel a bit, better, a bit better about my body at this stage. But again, I just keep have to think about my goal and know this belly's going to come off and underneath's going to be this this body hopefully that I'm working so hard towards god it'd be heartbreaking if I diet and I look exactly the same <laughs> but I shouldn't do because I'm training so much yeah. but I really do see like I did a photo shoot yesterday and I didn't diet for it I put so much fake tan on though I can't explain to you and I've never felt the need to do that before but I thought I've just got to hide my fat and my cellulite because I do have a lot of cellulite to be honest the pictures have come out so amazingly. I, I feel so empowered by my off-season body at times. Like, And then the very next day, I feel like a fat mess. Yeah. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. And although I'm a very rational person and I'm very self-aware, and because I'm older, my self-esteem is not born of my looks because we didn't have social media when I was younger. We didn't even have Facebook till I was 24. Um, whereas everyone that's younger that they haven't quite found themselves yet or they haven't really got those few little achievements in your life that make you who you are and your self-esteem they are so tied to what they look like I really honestly I feel so sorry for everyone in that generation because I can split it out and although I do feel fat at times I just know it's for the I wouldn't say greater good because it's a ridiculous phrase but you know what I mean like it is so that I can get my trophy that is my next and biggest goal because that might be my last show and well for a while you know if I want to have a family this year is going to be my last year competing for a few years so yeah I really want to go out with a bang you know which is what helps me push my body weight up even higher and I'm so so grateful I've got some really really great role models that are my friends that also do they really push their body fat percentage in the off season in able to grow the muscle that they want for improvements and seeing them do it and that it works just keeps my head in track. And, you know, if I do wobble a bit, they will message me like you're strong, you're healthy. You know, you're, I'm lifting more than some men now, you know, like my weight has, uh, my, my weight has gone through the roof, but so is my strength. <laughs> And so it's just focus on performance. I'm just focusing on my logbook. I'm just focusing on those lifts going up. And with that will come, hopefully, the body shape, the muscle. And the fat will come off. It's so transient, you know, especially with my coach. She's so good at getting us lean. I just have to trust her and trust the process. Another corny saying, but it's so true. But I do feel like I find it harder to be off-season when I'm single than when I'm in a relationship. I think that although you shouldn't be validated by a man or a, or a woman, you're by your partner, it is human nature that you are. And that person can make you feel really sexy or really unsexy. Um, and so I do feel like when I'm off season with a partner, I do feel more comfortable to push the weight gain up because they like me for me anyway. They don't really care, do they? Um, but when I'm single, I do struggle. And what I do find myself dating when I'm off season is making excuses for my physique when I meet someone. Because when they hear that you're a bikini competitor, they instantly think you're going to have abs. And I will then spend maybe 10 minutes at the first date saying, oh, you know, I don't usually look like this, but I'm doing this and I'm doing that and justifying why I am the way I am. And it's just so wrong mentally for myself and my own body image 
And so I've stopped calling it my off-season body because this is just my body. And then I've got a competition body because that's the extra bit in my life. Mm. But all the rest, that's just my body. (laughs) You know, like there's no point in saying it's off-season and on-season. You're kind of, you live and then you compete. And for me, that's really helped me to love myself like this. And honestly, I'm sleeping so much better now because my hormones are good because I've got that body fat percentage. But I did, I uploaded a video of me yesterday, pure off season. My stomach is out. And I had such a great reception from women that follow me. And I lost so many followers. It was unbelievable like yeah and I don't my followers don't really change that much but you could tell some people were probably like well this isn't what I follow fitness pages for whereas some people found it really motivating Mm. but I don't post for anyone else really I kind of it's my diary and it is great if people do take inspiration from it but it's not my sole reason for posting you know it, it wouldn't motivate me to post certain content I just think it's so important that we normalize normal body fat levels because we don't see it that often do we I can understand why people don't feel comfortable enough to upload it but I feel like we do have a responsibility to especially the first timers like they're gonna struggle that first year my rebound I got so fat for the first time in my life after my first show because I didn't know what I was doing but now after my show I go straight back into eating in a surplus I don't reverse out it just doesn't work for me a diet after a diet is too much for me mm-hmm. I cannot feel hungry unless I'm stepping on stage yeah. like just yeah so I just I just eat and I look a bit watery and bloated for a couple of months, but I know that after a few months, it normalizes and stabilizes again because I'm experienced in it. You're always going to look rubbish for the first two or three months after the show because you're watery, you're inflamed, you know, it's rapid weight gain as well, but it does stabilize. You just have to get through those few months. But I just focus on the food those few months and how good it tastes. Yeah. You know, like being able to spend time with my loved ones again socially and and go on these dates that might be something a bit more than a Nando's, you know, is just enjoy the experiences. I focus on that instead of the way I look. Especially if you're um, in a relationship as well, something I try and do with Joe after that show is done is plan fun stuff because you know yeah like a well done you put up a peak week with me let's yeah like it's kind of I that's what I like to do with my friends and family I always like to just do stuff afterwards to kind of like a thanks for supporting me and like show them that you appreciate it as well because that's something that I've admittedly I don't think enough in my first prep I don't think I showed you how appreciative I was and now I'm like right I really need to communicate this I mean, you need to communicate yeah. everything and don't feel like you're being a burden for saying how you're feeling. Because, like, as you say, yeah. mine can play tricks on you. And mm. that rationalisation, like, for us, we make mine feel self-conscious because of our stomach or whatever, but, like, they don't see that perspective. Yeah. They don't see that. Joe doesn't see that. He just sees a big bum. He's like, woo! Jasmine's big Yeah, it's true. Um, Men, honestly, just see boobs and bum. 
they don't see cellulite and stretch marks but I've got a lot of male friends and they've helped me recently to accept my body because one of them he's a fitness model he's in incredible shape and he said to me I really love it when a girl's got a little bit of cellulite on her bum and I'm like what and he's like she's earned that and I'm like that is such a different way to look at it. <laughs> um, and then I do find myself, I find imperfections on someone really attractive, you know, like a scar or anything that's a little bit out of the norm. It's memorable and I like it. But um, yeah, I just surround yourself with the right people, isn't it? Like if you've got the kind of people that just put onus on the way someone looks, they're not the right people to have around you. You know, we're so much more than the way we look. Um, but it is really, really, uh, it messes your head up. <laughs> Even now, I'm talking like this rationally, but a couple of days ago, I felt like a hippo, <laughs> you know, and I was li literally like nothing fits. Mm. And then if I can't see Mike on a day that week and he wants to push it back even a couple of days later I'm thinking well at least I've got time to get like a flatter stomach by then I won't drink any monster or I won't have any sweetness because it makes me bloat and I'm thinking what are you talking about you're an idiot he doesn't care and he's the first one that will tell me off and say you haven't got a fat stomach and I'm like it's hanging over my trousers do you know what I mean <laughs> but bless him good. I do think do you know Another key thing about me accepting my body is I can't go out with slimmer men anymore because I'm getting more um, solid, as that guy put it, <laughs> but my muscles getting more dense. And if I'm next to someone my size or a bit smaller, I feel massive. Yeah. So I need to have someone that is big enough <laughs> to make me feel small. And I know that sounds so shallow and also yeah, sounds crazy. Is. But it does, right, to make you not feel big. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, yeah, it's a funny thing to think or to say, but it really does make a difference to how I feel about my own physique. Mm. I think, as you say, it sounds corny, but it's these things, like, takes time. Relationships, mm. learn, like body image, all this stuff of competing and outside, it really does take time and experience and just, like, don't... Yeah. Ones, so you ain't got it all together for the first time because we ain't we haven't yeah. um and I think that that perspective is really important to remember one of the key things that I have as well is I don't follow accounts on Instagram that are just professional pictures of a fitness model you know or that don't have any value from it so I only follow people that I know people that provide content that I find valuable or, you know, it, it could be just someone funny, you know, or inspirational quotes or just someone's journey. And I'm not saying don't use just professional pictures, but there's some people that you never see what they actually look like because they're just putting out a, pictures from a year ago that they took a massive batch and they eke them out. I don't follow them and I don't really focus on who I'm competing against because we all look different in person. I learned that the hard way. You know, I spent some time in my own head that I wasn't going to win a show and I won the show. But there was a person that on Instagram looked so incredible and looked completely different in person. You even you can fuck it up on the morning of the show. You know, I did at Worlds. I ate the wrong thing in the morning before my show and I blew my abs out. Mm. And that was like goodbye first place. I mean, don't get me wrong. I might not have placed first. 
But in my heart, I'm like, oh, I might have been able to. We'll never know, but I learned from it. But yeah, I just think the content that you consume daily is really going to affect how you feel about yourself. So if seeing people really lean is going to kill you in your off season, mute those people that are still your friends that are competing. Explain to them why. You know, like I'll just say to my friends, for example, Whipped Cheesecake London, I love Ali that runs it. And I just say to her, look, if I'm prepping, I've got to mute your posts. I can't see them. I don't want to unfollow her. She's one of my mates. But I can't see those amazing cheesecakes when I'm starving. It's just yeah. not it's not good for me. So and there's a couple of accounts when I was really feeling really fat that were about to compete. And I just said, I love you so much. But in my head is in the wrong place and I just can't see it. So I'm just going to mute you until I feel better. And they were just like, thank you for telling me. Cause they would have been like, why haven't you like interacted with any of my content? Why aren't you supporting me? But your real friends and your real people, they'll get it. It's all communication, isn't it? Like every single question that we have answered, it's all just about communication. And bit not being scared to actually say it and say yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Being honest to yourself and being on, like externally honest as well. It is the best way. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> Life is hard. But <laughs> it's trial and error, isn't it? Oh, my God, I've made all the mistakes. So <laughs> now I feel like I've, I've got my stuff together. But I'm sure I've got more mistakes to make. <laughs> So we all have, we all have. So I, I do feel like I benefit because I am a master's competitor. I have had more life experience. Mm. So, and then my other master's friends, you know, we're all, they've got kids, they've got families, divorces, you know, lost jobs. Everything that could have happened has happened. So I have a really good um, source of experience to pull from. But, and then some of my friends oh my boyfriend like 24 25 and you can't even tell the difference sometimes I don't know if that's because I'm immature but maybe we just meet in the middle a little bit <laughs> Do, have you always dated younger guys no I don't honestly it's Age isn't a thing for me. It's just what has happened. So I actually didn't know how old Mike was for most. We were friends for a year before mm. and maybe two months before we started dating. I found out how young he was and it's not ideal. I honestly do wish I could find someone more my age because we're more likely to be on the same page at the same time. But someone that is intelligent and interesting and I laugh and they're good for me. I'm going to spend time with regardless. So last year I dated him. He was 24 at the time, but I was also dating a 40 year old a couple of months before. I do prefer the gorgeous young looking ones though. I'm not going to lie. They don't snore in bed either, which is always, <laughs> always a plus. <laughs> and they don't have like tufts of hair coming out of their ear and their oh. nose and stuff. Older men really need to upkeep some things. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, for me, you know what the biggest benefit is of the younger people in my life is they have hope still and they're not tired or bitter. They're not generally as high up in their career as someone my own age would be. So it's just more fun to be around and they don't judge what I'm doing as frivolous or ridiculous. Because obviously my friends that are more my age are like, you need to settle down, you need to get a husband, you need to do this. And I'm like, well, I'm just not ready yet. Those things 
are things I can do when I'm older. This competing thing, it feels like it's now, you know, and that's, I mean, no, just my choice. And my friends accept that, but there's a lot of people that don't. Mm. I'm sure there's people in my family that are like, what is she up to? Yeah. Standing, getting sprayed bright orange to go and stand in a bikini in front of hundreds of people. Why would you do that? (laughs) But yeah, the age thing is not for me. I like a person for who they are. I, I really, don't get me wrong, there's some pros and cons of not having had that life experience yet. But because I do choose to date someone younger, I have to give them a break, you know, and not expect them to be able to act like I do sometimes or think the way I do because they just haven't had that experience yet. And I always have had to let those boyfriends make mistakes to learn from them. But as long as they learn from them, it's good. But I have had a boyfriend who used to make the same bloody mistakes over and over and over again. And it was just like, you don't actually want to compromise or to grow into this relationship, then it's not for us. Mm. Yeah, I've got a real mix of friends from like mid-20s up to 50. So I'm really lucky. It's really interesting to have such a broad range of people in my life. Variety is the spice of life. <laughs> we do love a corny saying, don't we? We do. We just need to put out all these and have like a highlight reel. It'd be amazing. So, we could have a corny saying of the week. I come up with that. Literally, we could do. We could collate the corny sayings for the week and then just do like a little a vote. <laughs> I mean, we're this far into lockdown, jazz, that we think this is an appealing idea. Look, crazier things have happened, okay? That's what they have. Saying. There you they go. Have. I want to end this episode the way I like to end them typically. What makes you not just a bikini girl? And it has to be something which is not related to competing that people might not know about you. Mm. So I honestly do feel like my legacy in life is just to, not to help people. That sounds so like... <laughs> I'm a Samaritan but I've always been the person that people come to for advice I don't judge anyone you know I'm quite objective and I just have always been able to leave quite a positive impact on my friends because I don't know how I read a lot so I feel like I've got lots of different views on things or opinions that are a little bit alternative to so I don't just spout the same advice that they hear from everyone. I've also, I've really had quite a colourful life, to be honest. It's been quite difficult at times. So I've had a little bit of a different route in life. And for example, I mean, I was homeless when I was 17. I used to sleep in a bus garage. And now I've got a really, really good job. <laughs> like, And I live on my own in London, which is unusual because it's so expensive. And just that journey from the bus stop (laughs) to living on my own in this one bed it's it taught me so much Mm -hmm. and yeah just giving me a little bit alternative I suppose I'm a bit of a free spirit when it comes to I don't care what you're doing as long as you're happy and you're not hurting anybody and yeah so therefore I do have a lot of like quite weird and wonderful people in my life that even draw from their experiences to help my other friends you know But yeah, I do feel like my place on this earth is just to make people feel good and to laugh. I'm a bit of a joker. I do like um, people laughing at me. I don't know why. (laughs) I was really ugly at school, right? So I had to be the funny one. And I don't think that's ever gone away because I've actually only started to become comfortable with what I look like 
even in my face since I started competing mm. because it is a little bit more about what you look like you know whereas before that was never important in my life mm. so yeah I love that this has been such a good episode thank you so much for oh, coming. thanks thank you for having me so good I hope you guys and girls listening have enjoyed this please do if you do like snippet any of the corny sayings just send them over to us just to completely make us lol that'd be great but <laughs> I will leave Martina's Instagram link below because she's some really really cool Instagram lies I think she saves them as well so you can always like, yeah those and we will see you guys in the next episode